It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central and I'm Sarah. Welcome to the show. Here at Yowie Central, we explore the latest on Yowie research in Australia. We hear Yowie witness testimonies and we talk to the seriously dedicated researchers out there. And because I'm obsessed with anything and everything to do with mysterious phenomena, we dive headfirst into rabbit holes galore. Paranormal encounters, UFOs and aliens, orbs, psychics and anything else kooky and spooky. Last week for my 100th show, I asked you lovely listeners who would like a free Yowie Central trucker or baseball cap to send me an email telling me why you enjoy listening to the show. Thank you so much to the lovely people who have sent me emails this week. Stylish Yowie Central caps are on their way to you in the mail. I still have a few left though, so you have until next Wednesday to send me an email with your postal address telling me why you love the show to nab a free cap. For those who are new to the show, I am part of the Australian Yowie Research Team and I have the seriously awesome job of interviewing the people who report Yowie sightings to AYR. Today I'm going to share with you a conversation I had for Australian Yowie Research last year. AYR is primarily focused on documenting Yowies but we often get reports that don't quite fit into the typical Yowie description. 
Amongst those strange cryptid reports, last year we had two reports of a goat man-like creature and we've had strange translucent beings that remind people of the predator in the movie Predator. We've had shapeshifters and I'm going to bring you one of those conversations in the next few weeks. And we also had a report of a nine-foot-tall, skinny, hairless creature with a cat-shaped head. Yes, a cat-shaped head. I'm going to play you that one today. That same witness also reported seeing a Yowie that disappeared in front of his eyes, like just vanished into thin air. We're heading to the Northern Territory for this story, starting off at Maria Lagoon, and then we're heading to somewhere near Alice Springs. Are you ready? Good. In late June, I've been travelling up and down the NT for quite some time, uh, doing whatever kind of work was available to me at the time in my Nissan Patrol. And uh, I ended up in uh, going through Borolula and uh, actually it was about really late at night and uh, full moon and I ended up uh, missing Borolula and getting on the truck to Maria Lagoon. And it is one of the most isolated, darkest places I've ever been in my life, um, but it's a bit of a tourist fishing um, hotspot. And uh, I rolled in at about 10.30 at night, and I ended up uh, just driving straight through. Everyone was in bed. So so I pulled up alongside uh, the lagoon. The lagoon would have been probably 20 to 30 metres to my right, and it goes down a little bit of a... 45 degrees slope and you've got some mangroves and eucalyptus along, along the bank and uh, I was just looking for a place to set up camp, the dog was in the car and I had a thousand lumen LED torch and I'd uh, shown it uh, towards uh, north in the uh, flow of the lagoon and I saw these two eyes that are about 8 inches apart, about the size of uh, bigger than golf balls shining back um, like a turquoise bright blue, like, like you see a dog's eyes, basically. There were there was a gully between us, but I found out that the next day. This, uh, these eyes were positioned about four feet above the ground, so my immediate thought was it's a water buffalo. And I just I confidently turned and ran to the car because I, I knew that I had enough gap uh, to be able to safely get to the car. I ran to the car and out of curiosity, I thought, I'm going to go and see what this thing is. And then I um, pulled back onto the truck. I drove up and there was, uh, straight away I saw the eyes shine again. Now it was about probably 20 metres away. Your immediate reaction is, I'm looking at a human being or I'm looking at a person. There, there was no uh, no abstract what is this sort of going on in my head? I knew exactly what I was looking at. I was looking at something way bigger than me, uh, physically dominant, with throw me around like like a couple of matchsticks. And um, it started running and ducking between 
uh, thick eucalyptus scrub, and it was really agile the way it moved. It was ducking its head, weaving underneath branches, ran towards the track, and as soon as I saw that, I reversed back, probably hit a couple of termite mounds. I turned around, and I just flat-footed the pedal all the way back to the campground, but I got lost. I ended up diverting off to the right, going up a hill, and then I heard it was in really thick scrub to the left and the right. Uh, the scrub's nearly touching the, the mirrors and the windows of the four-wheel drive. And then I started getting really creeped out. I started hearing a lot of intimidating um, taps and um, snaps and, and all the stuff you hear about. So then I went back to the campsite. Everybody was basically watching the footy, and I, I just went straight to bed in my hammock. I went back there the next day and I realised that this gully that I was talking about, it's kind of like where the rain or the, the tide has washed away a huge chunk of dirt. So it was like a little bit of a cliff, maybe two metres of dirt um, that was between me and this, this being. And then I thought, the first thing I thought was this thing was actually running around this cliff to actually come and get me. Right. <laughs> Lucky you had your because, car there then, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it was uh, not hesitating. He knew exactly where it was going. As soon as I drove over and I had my um, high beams on and my torch out the window as well, I was shining it on this, this creature. And uh, when I say it had a head like a cat, it didn't have a bulbous head. It didn't have a pointed head. Um, it was extremely human in its uh, anatomy, but its jaw just kind of pointed straight down towards its collarbones, and it had a um, a very long but very wide jaw that seems to be kind of very thin, a little bit like a saucer or a plate, and uh, a picture would be a little bit better to describe it with. Have you tried sketching it before? I have. And uh, I reckon I came about probably about 60% close to it. Okay. I was shaking. I was shaking as I was drawing, so that didn't help. But... Feel free to, if you, if you want to sketch it again or send me a pic of that sketch that, so that I can have a, um, we can have an idea of what you're describing. I can, I can email it to you tonight. But, but it, was, um, it was very opaque. The moon was shining behind it, so I could see. I could see some of the light shining um, off the off the tree bark, and I, I knew straight away this thing didn't have hair. It was it had black black skin, thin, very long. Uh, it's it's kind of very very similar to what you see on uh, rock art in some of the um, some of the some of the paintings and storybooks from the indigenous peoples. So when you first when you first noticed those eyes, how far off the ground did you say they were? About four feet. About so, I, yeah, so it was about – so I knew that I was looking at something that was very huge, very solid, but it wasn't taller than me, so straight away I thought water buffalo. And I, I'm not familiar with that area of MT. I'm from central Australia, so I don't really didn't really know what I was looking at. But uh, when I jumped in the car – it uh, yeah, got up to about nine feet when it was um, 
between the, the eucalyptus scrub and the dirt track running towards the dirt track. So where it was running was towards west from the lagoon. I thought immediately, oh, it's scared. It's, it was at the lagoon and it's running towards the forest or the thick scrub. But when um, I went back the next day and I saw the the big uh, the dirt cliff and the, the gully between us, then, then I thought, no, it was probably coming at me. And it was probably sitting there, uh, you know, I don't know if it was watching furiously, if it was a benevolent creature or if it had bad intentions, but, but it was close. It was, it was uh, well, what did I say, 20, 25 metres away. But it was sitting there comfortably, and when I shone the torch on it, I didn't have any uh, gut instinct of danger, so I confidently just ran back to the four-wheel drive. When you ran back to your car, it, it was yep. still low to the ground. Well, I didn't have any light light on it. The only, its skin was so dark that the only thing that reflected back through my thousand lumen torch was uh, was its eyes, and it was um, it was positioned. It was positioned in a, in a fairly dark spot. All I got back was the reflection of its light, of its eyes. Mm-hmm. I ran back to the car, uh, got in the car, confidently went, I want to go see a water buffalo. I haven't really seen one before in the wild. So then I, then I drove up and um, it had already moved back into the, the eucalyptus scrub a little bit, but it was uh, standing erect, but it wasn't completely erect. It was ducking and it was probably a lot taller than I could observe. Okay. And so, so you could see when you I could went... see silhouette. I could see the okay. silhouette and I'm, yeah, I knew it was because it was a full moon or close to a full moon. I remember from the drive through, I saw a lot of dingoes to, to the left and right of the vehicle. And when I had the high beams on, then I could, I got a very, um, very good uh, field of vision from the surrounding environment. And I saw this, uh, this tall man, I'll just call him a man because that's what it felt like. It felt like looking at a person. And I could see every movement it made because it, it was very well lit, but this thing was just a black silhouette. So you could only see the shape. You couldn't actually see the reflection, like this colour of the skin or anything like that. It just all looked black. It was like it was like matte. Yeah, it was like matte. There was no reflection. It was it was black. It was black like a shadow, but but I could um I could definitely see its anatomy, the way it moved, and um, the shape of it. Uh, and at that stage, how far away was it? When I got up to it, I was pretty close. I think I think I was about oh, between 15 to 20 metres. It had moved back, as I said. It had moved uh, back away again as I ran to the four-wheel drive. So, so it was a similar distance from when I first saw it, but... The speed it was moving at, I wasn't going to take any chances. I just I reversed over, over the track and probably hit a few termite mounds, and I just flat-footed it back towards the camp. But as I said, I deviated to a different track, into thick scrub, and then I felt um, very afraid, very mortal. As you as you're doing that, so you have your wind your car windows down, and you said you could hear yep. tree snaps and and taps. So do you think it was it following was you? Yeah, well, my, my adrenaline was amped, and I, I didn't see anything. And but I, but I definitely remember hearing, like like if you had a dingo close to your uh, camp or something, you would, you know, you would bang something to, to scare it. That's the way I felt. I felt like it was, it had come up and it was telling me to bugger off. 
that was the feeling you got. And 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 just just the the thuds, the snaps, the taps. You know, I knew that there, there was there was something doing it. I knew that it wasn't just uh, running over twigs and bark and stuff. Okay, so all, uh, this is all sand too, by the way. Uh, all the track is is sand, um, not quite silt, but a little bit like beach sand. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And so you're driving down another track, and I'm obviously if it's if it's a sandy track, you're not going that fast, are you? Oh well. Flat foot, um, four wheel drive. Look, I can, I can do. I was doing about probably fifty to sixty. If I pushed it any more, then I would have been, um, yeah, hitting embankments and and busting up my car. So I wasn't going to do that. But I was doing it at a speed that I thought was going to get me home safely. Yeah, and, and this thing was just on my tail. It was like I don't even think. Uh, I I can't prove it. I mean, I can't say that I saw it chasing me. But but the speed I was going at and where I ended up, um. I could imagine that it was just right on my tail the whole time. Right, right, because you could hear those noises. It was it was when I realised I was lost. Uh, so the track that I I turned off on, because uh, the reason why I turned off on the track is is I was actually I've been I was free camping the whole time I was in Arnhem Land NT. I was uh, just finding spots and sleeping there with my dog and not leaving rubbish. Uh, because I was on a bit of a tight budget. So I turned off um, to the right, which is facing west from Maria Lagoon, and uh, and I was going up a little bit up a hill, a little bit rocky, a little bit sandy, and uh, very tight. Not not a lot of uh, light passage between the trees. So you kept going, and it, it seemed to fall back and then not be following you anymore. Well, I can't say that I knew it was following me. I mean... All I know is that I felt intimidated. I was hearing snaps, thuds, and things hitting a tree, like like as if it, it had picked up a maybe maybe a forty millimeter thickness uh, branch, and it was hitting trees with it. A bit bit like if you were, you know, knocking. So so it was a very deliberate. Sounded like a very deliberate action. So it was a communica- form of communication in um, in my mind. And what gave you the feeling, like what you you reckon it was hairless, so you could see, like smooth outline, of, of, uh, of the shoulders and the the, the yep. arms. Yep. So I had it had um, it was very thin, but if you imagine, like uh, like an Olympic hurdler or uh, a, a pole vaulter, you know, very good girth in the shoulders, and very broad. Um, traps but but it was very thin like uh i'm 75 kilos but i'm very solid and it would have had arms the same thickness as mine okay but i couldn't i couldn't see any hair and i knew that it didn't have hair because i had my high beams on it it was between 15 and 25 meters away and i could see all the bush and scrub surrounding it i also had my flashlight on it and all i could see back was its uh it's turquoise blue eyes reflecting back at me. Right. Okay. And that colour, so that turquoise, you're talking like like the sea from somewhere tropical, that kind of turquoise? Yeah, well, well, I, I assume that all dogs' eyes are the, reflect the same colour. I don't know that, but it's exactly the same as my dog's eyes. Okay. Green, greeny blue. Uh, very bright. Just, just it was, uh, it was reflecting back. If you shine a, to- shine a torch on it, 
you'd see it from 500 metres reflecting back easily. Like it was uh, different from any, any kind of reflective colour that you'd see from uh, any um, road signs and reflectors that you'd see in infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Did you get the feeling it was... Um... So it was a it was eye shine from a reflection rather than perhaps some sort of self illumination from those eyes. It was definitely a reflection, hundred percent reflection, eight inches apart. It looks like a human head, a little bit more bulbous in it than a human head in comparison to its body. It, it didn't have just a just a normal noggin like a person. It had a bit of a little bit more of a bulbous head, but the jaw, I definitely noticed, was a little bit more pointed. And, uh, and and wide, a little bit like a dinner plate, but it seemed to point straight down towards its um, clavicle. Right. And I and um I went when I got back to to the uh, camp, I chucked on my hammock and um, between the four wheel drive and a tree, and and I just thought, wow, that was wild. I just saw a yowie, and it was only when I calmed my nerves down the next day, I walked around. There was no footprints, and uh, then I thought, no, that definitely wasn't a yowie. Uh, I thought about it, and I. I'm a big fan of the show as well, so I've listened to all the documents, and they're the only Yowie stories I know are the ones uh, that your team has recorded. Yeah, right. And, and I, it occurred to me, I've got, yeah, it wasn't a Yowie, I don't know what it is, but there's things out there, and sometimes you just can't explain them. Yeah, well, oh, there's all sorts to, of weird things out there, and I've had some interesting conversations from people in the Northern Territory of not just Yowies, but other other strange creatures so that's that's really interesting when, when you got when you saw the like the the jaw the shape of the head were you looking at it was it looking directly at you or were you looking at it in profile so i was facing north well as um i can only assume that i was facing north because i was uh, facing the lagoon outlet so it was running west so it was profile completely profile and i saw all the scrub that it had to run through and it was probably running at it through thick scrub at about 40 k's an hour, ducking and weaving, and and I just went, I'm not going to take any chances. If I if I die, then I die. But I just reversed back, and <laughs> yeah, I think that was probably very sensible to get out of there. Definitely. Did you did you notice yeah. any any smell? No, and and that's the thing is is I am familiar with yowies. I've had a I've got a couple that I know, and I I do identify them by smell but this thing had no smell it didn't even make a noise but my car's very loud so i couldn't hear it run but but when i was in the hills between the eucalypt scrub and i was going where am i thinking where am i then i definitely heard it within a meter away just tapping kidding it didn't make any kind of animal sounds or grunts i just heard physical impacts have you spoken to anyone Local, lo- maybe local from that area who might have seen something like that? Well, I uh, I did talk to one of the uh, traditional owners um, two days later and I was uh, swiftly told to go home. Oh, interesting. Well, they're there to make business, not scare people. So I assume that they know, know about them and they thought, yeah, you're not welcome anymore. So I... Um, then I went back to Calvert. It's it's called the Heartbreak Hotel, and I probably had one bar of fuel, and I was waiting for a few thousand to come into my bank account. Actually, about a lot of money for years of tax returns, and um, I didn't have a, I had 
probably $2. So I ended up driving northeast of Cape Calvert. It's not Calvert, sorry, it's Cape Calvert. And I turned off past a um, national park and through thick scrub, I, I went into a creek and I uh, camped there the night, but I definitely heard taps. And, and it happens everywhere you go up there. You, you'll hear tree branches hitting branches. And all I, it's the method that I learned is when you hear it, just knock on a pot or a pan. Just say, I'm here and I'm just staying here. And they, uh, they seem to go away. You don't get maliced by them. Ah. Was it like, do you think those, those initial taps are kind of a communication with, from them to they've, 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 they can hear or sense that you're there and they're sure. tapping to see if you're, you're answering? Uh... I think they just want to know your intentions. I think, I think that if people really went into the, uh, the anatomy and the abilities of these creatures, they would terrify themselves too much to go into the bush. But I think they're everywhere. And uh, and all you got to do is just uh, you behave, and you don't you don't pursue them. You never pursue them, because if they want contact, they'll come to you, as has happened to me every single encounter that I've had. If you if you pursue them, then you don't really know what you're getting into at all. Yeah. Was there any anything any other detail that I might not have asked you about about this particular strange cryptid creature before we move on to the Yowie? Encounters, sightings? Well, I could hear um, baby crocodiles right very, very close to where the uh, encounter was at Maria Lagoon when it was sitting down. I was actually, I was looking for a spot to set up camp, but I could hear the squeaks of, it sounded like baby crocodiles in my mind. And I was walking towards uh, the mangrove scrub on the side. Um, I'm not 100% if they were mangroves, but it, just it had that uh, kind of shape, the trees. They could have been eucalypts, but, but I was a little bit rattled by the whole thing. There were baby crocodiles, and that's why I was, uh, that's what was uh, going on when I was walking over there, and then I saw the, the eyes shine, and I, I just turned around, and I, I ran back very confidently, but I went back in my head. I went, well, there's something there, and um, I couldn't get away from it. I've worked with racehorses for, for about 10 years, so... I'm uh, good at keeping my nerves calm. And it, well, yeah, and you you were remarkably calm then, from the sounds of it, because it sounds like a very strange creature. What what do you think? What do you think the creature was doing? Do you think it was hunting baby crocodiles? I think that it was sitting there and it was observing me. That's all. It was sitting there. It was positioned, basically, the direction I was walking in. As soon as I stopped looking. Uh, towards the, the lagoon with my torch it was directly in front of me 15 to 20 meters on and you had just enough time uh, thinking about land mammal running speed uh, just enough time to run back to the four-wheel drive so i'm five foot 11 it was the the eyes were at the height of my solar plexus and you're thinking it's a water buffalo exactly because i've i've never seen anything with uh with eyes good eight inches apart Right. It could have, it could have been seven. I don't want to exaggerate anything. Seven to eight inches apart, big, a little bit bigger than golf balls. Did you get a feeling if if it was male or female? I reckon it was a bloke. Just uh, it was what made me think it was a bloke was its 
it was uh, completely non-hesitant. The instant I made an action, it already knew what it was doing, but I didn't know what it was doing. But I knew that this thing already knew what it was doing because it ran in a complete straight line through thick scrub. It didn't have any problem getting through it. And I thought it's running towards the, um, the scrub over the hills and through the marsh. But as I said, I went back there the next day and I saw the, the big um, the water erosion cliff, gully, whatever you want to call it. And I thought maybe it was just coming to get me. And you could see it running, but you couldn't actually hear it. My car's loud. Yeah, yeah. it's a patrol, Nissan patrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but running, running on two legs. Two legs, super athletic, very slim, very muscular, but I couldn't see any kind of tone because it was basically a silhouette. Was it moving its arms while it was running? As a human would. It wasn't waving or flailing or anything, but as a human would. Long arms, about the, the length of my legs, so that it was, uh, it, it was very normal looking it looks like a human except for its head and its skin and its height so the the arms the arms were longer in proportion to its body than say a human beings well i was so focused on its eyes because they were the most outstanding feature as i was um two two headlights and full beam and my torch hanging out the window i was looking at its eyes and i was just trying to work this thing out but it was nine foot tall and i think if I was nine foot tall. My arms would probably be the length of my legs. Okay. And you didn't notice, I guess it was too dark, but you wouldn't have noticed its feet or hands. Oh, there's grass. There's grass. There's termite mounds. Um, I could have missed that, but I was focused on its head. And you did And did you notice at any stage anything else on that face? Like did it open its mouth so that you could perhaps see any light-coloured teeth? It was a silhouette. I could see some moonlight behind it. And, uh, and all, I, all I remember is the gap in its jaw, the jaw didn't point forward, um, towards forward and down like a human's. It, it kind of just went straight down. I know, I know it's very hard to imagine if, if you don't have a picture of it or, or experience, but, but I knew straight away it's not a yowie. Yeah. Well, I, I, I figured out the next day I thought about it and it's not a yowie. When you when you get it some time, if you well later on you said you might be able to send me send me a sketch of you know as close as you can cut you can sketch to it. I mean, and if you see anything on online that's sort of similar, you know, send that through to me too, so I can get um, a better picture of what you were what you were seeing. I will. I'll, I'll make an effort on Sunday and I'll email something through. That'd be cool. All right, so. Let's move on to your two Yowie. Well, you, you actually said you'd, you'd had contact with two Yowies, but, but over the space of a couple of weeks. Um, at yeah. least two. Yeah. At least two. Okay, so tell me about that. Just because of the social dynamic of my town, I'm going to tell you the description of where I was. I'm not going to disclose any actual locations. Oh, that's okay. Uh, so, so you just said it was somewhere near Alice Springs. That's close enough for me. Yeah, uh, I ended up um, full moon again, and uh, and I, I hunt at night, so um, I'm a crossbow shooter, and uh, I've always been an archer with uh, traditional bows. I've got a Australian-made stick bow. It's about um, 70 inches long, and it was a full moon, 
I ended up walking out. Basically, where I ended up, there's a, a fence, barbed wire fence, and it's about five foot high. And then two meters, not even two meters, further in from the to the track, sorry, th- further in from the track, there's another fence, exactly the same running parallel. Two fences. I don't know why. It's very strange, but they put two fences there. And uh, I was carrying um, my longbow in my left hand, and I had about three arrows uh, holding it in the same hand as my bow. I walked along uh, through some salt bush and um, scrub. I walked around, and uh, I was barefoot. It's, uh, it's a lot quieter if you're barefoot. Or normally if I'm not barefoot, I'll just put socks over my shoes. But this time I was barefoot. So I spent about 15 minutes walking around, looking for rabbits in the moonlight. There was nothing. And then uh, I walked back and uh, walking towards the trees which divide the salt bush swampland from uh, the road. There's a like a little bit of a eucalypt forest with lots of fallen trunks and dead wood. And I saw a little 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 guy. He was huge in comparison to a human, but he was either sitting, and it was right in front of me, it was three metres in front of me, it was either sitting with its legs straight forward so that I couldn't see it, or it was cross-legged, but I, I think it was sitting in an L shape with its feet towards me. I saw it very round head. It was very hairy. It had uh, very wide shoulders, very round head. I, I imagine it would probably be 150 kilos. And as soon as I walked up to it, I just immediately said, Oi, you settle down. Because I, I saw a human or, or something that was uh, sneaking up on me that could have easily dealt with me without hesitation. But it was so close and it was in a very non-threatening pose. I was confident enough to, to as I said, I just went, Oi, you settle down. I uh, turned to my right. I walked to my right three metres and I realised that I was walking up towards um, an absolutely massive beast. It was about, I think it was sitting down and it was still five foot tall. As I, as I walked into it, it just seemed to, just seemed to dissipate, just seemed to fade, fade out, just seemed to, to fade into uh, non-existence the closer I got to it. But for some reason... I felt like I was worried about this little thing more than I was worried about the big thing because I was a lot more comfortable walking towards this huge thing, which its shoulders would have been probably uh, 80 centimetres across. It had a had a head, a bit like a, uh, one of those five-litre jugs of water, that, that kind of size, you know. And, and anyway, so I ended up uh, walking back across these two barbed wire fences that run strangely parallel. And, and so I crossed the fences and then I uh, basically I shot an arrow into the road sign. It wasn't out of, you know, saying, leave me alone, I'm armed or anything. I, I left an arrow, which it's an aluminium arrow with uh, orange and white feathers, three of them. I left it into the road sign. The back of the arrow was pointing to the direction that I was basically driving back, going home in. I got in my car and I drove home and 
I kind of tried not to think about it because I didn't want to didn't want to second guess myself. I didn't want to doubt myself from that experience. It was so wild. Then I um, realised driving to work about half a week later that there were two little two little teepees in the um, the river crossing. I drive across a, a dry riverbed full of sand. It's about sixty metres across, fifty metres across. And there were two teepees. One of them was about a foot and a half tall. It was a round teepee structure made with sticks and it had bark to cover the gaps. And then there was uh, another one that was probably less than a foot tall right next to it, exactly the same. And it looked beautiful. And I wish I took photos, but I didn't. And I immediately just thought, oh, there's some um, kids getting creative out bush. And I liked it. I thought, well... I used to make teepees and things um, in the creek when I was a kid out here. So, so that these teepees stayed, nobody moved, and eventually the wind blew them over, blew the bark off, and the sticks were, were still on the ground. They weren't cut or anything. They weren't even broken. They were just naturally... It was like somebody just looked for the right size stick to stick in the ground. And then the smells started happening, so I started noticing super musky... Not a really, not a dirty smell, but just just an unwashed smell, like a like a greasy hair smell. And uh, that that's on the six acre block that I live on, which is um, exactly 400 metres away from this river. One night I was out. I I like to be out at night, just just me. And I started hearing knocks, and and I only recognised the communication because of uh, watching, listening to your videos. So I went, oh, okay, so it's, it's tapping, it's trying to communicate. I've done um, karate, martial arts my whole life. So I basically did a, a snap kick, or you call it a roundhouse, but I just call it a snap kick. Uh, at about six foot, so head height, I hit the tree and it it knocked really, really hard. I did it a few, I did it once and the thing started, the 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 yowie started knocking back and then I, I tried to felt like I tried to outdo it I did it again harder and then it did it again harder it started knocking trees from probably about 120 metres away and then I did the stupidest thing I started um, belting my chest like a gorilla and he didn't, he didn't like it he went off, he went absolutely off the property next to the other property is uh, it's a it's an old cattle lot, and there's um, sea containers, there's shipping containers, and this thing was uh, screaming, roaring, and beating the absolute hell out of this container. With it sounded like it was just pummeling it with its fists, like an like an ape would, and everything went silent. All you could hear, and it was very loud. So we're talking. Uh, 200 metres away. I think it moved away, um, moved away further than, than it was when I was communicating with it. It went over to this container. There's a, there's a couple of 40-foot containers there. And it just started pummeling it and screeching and screaming. Was anybody else out there? Did anyone else hear it? Oh, this was uh, probably 11 o'clock at night. You do things at night out here because it's just so darn hot. It's really, it's, it's only pleasant on a very cool day or at night. So I was out at night 
maybe between 10 or 11, and it was just pummeling this container. But does anybody After live I, in the nearby vicinity who might have heard that as well? Everywhere. There's, there's neighbours every 100 metres, 100, um, 100 metres centred from the houses in the centre of the block. Yeah, every right. 100 metres, there's, so, there's a neighbour. So yep. nobody, like, nobody else heard that? It's not something that you talk about with people out here. Ah, right. Okay. I've been waiting a long time to let this out. It's a bit. It's a, is it a taboo subject up there? It's kind of. Um, you, you won't get popular. You will not. It's not like it's a, a superstitious topic. You just you will not be popular talking about it. Because people might think you're crazy, or it's people, it's... people know about it. People know about it, but the attitude of this place is. Um, you stay in line and, and you do what you do and you don't rock the boat. It's just what it is. Is that amongst the the Aboriginal people or is it amongst um, the, the white members of the community or is it both? Oh, I'm talking about, yeah, it's both. It's both and it's the same up in, I think, just about anywhere in, in NT. And do you get do you get you know ostracised and shunned if you if you if you do bring that that's, subject that's up? That's a possibility. That's a possibility. Attitude is everything. You can find a circle that you could talk about it with, and people would be interested. But yeah, you get you get picked on, guaranteed. So um, you don't you, you just don't rock the boat. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What, well, so what else happened that night after you heard that, the carrying on with the, the shipping container? Did it just stop that or did you continue on this kind of communication? Or- it went for about five minutes. It went, it went on for about five minutes and I swiftly went to bed. I was so, I was so rattled by it. I was, um, I was unable to decide what the noise was coming from because it was so big and it was so strange to me. Hearing maybe maybe a little bit like a gorilla, but more like a man, just yelling, yelling and pummeling the hell out of the shipping container. It was it was a overloaded for the senses, and I went just went to bed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. Did it sound like so? It most reminded you of a man, but not quite a man. It obviously didn't have a dialect. It could have it could have had the same vocal cords as a man, but it was the aggression sounded very non-human. It sounded like it, it had no tap. It was just going off. Was that before or after you saw the two 
beings. This was a week later. That was a oh, that's right. You said it was about a week later. There was there was a few days between seeing the beings, um, leaving an arrow in the in the sign, then seeing the teepees. Then it was yeah, it was about a week later, and it was at night. I didn't see anything. Like it was all just audible. It was very audible. It was uh, sound here travels for. You can hear someone talking a kilometre away, and if the wind's coming, then you think the next door neighbour's having a party and it's two kilometres away. Yeah, right. Oh, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just take me back to when you saw those two creatures. You spot the little, the smaller one. So the, yep. the smaller one was was seated on the ground in an L shape. You said. I could see its torso, but I couldn't. Um, I couldn't see anything from its hips up. So I, I assume it was, and because because it was it was a very dark color. I think it was actually black. I think the other one was brown, dirty brown color. But its legs uh, were not visible, so it must have had its feet pointed towards me in, a, in an L shape, sitting. Okay, and so you, you, did you have the torchlight on them? I didn't have just, a torch. Just I didn't have a torch, and this is a point that I want to make. When you can, when you uh, want an encounter, it's better to be as primitive as possible. You get a lot more respect. I didn't even have shoes. I was carrying a longbow, some arrows, and I was—I didn't even have a t-shirt on. So, and in the light of the full moon, you look up ahead. How far away was the first one that you saw? It was a couple of meters. Just it was a- right in front of me. It was right in front of me, I, and um, the next two steps I would have walked into it, so I just said, Oi, you settle down, and I turned to the right, and then the other one was probably about four to five metres in front, and I kept walking just mindlessly, kept walking towards it. All I knew is I didn't want to walk towards the little one. I started walking towards the big one, and I didn't feel any malice or any panic walking towards it. I, I knew what I was seeing, but I knew that, this was the better one to walk to. And as I walked into it, it just dissipated. It just faded. That's that's all I can say. That's really interesting. So so the little one, you said, had a, a round a round shaped head. Could you see yeah. any eyes or any any make out any features on the face? Not at all. Not at all. I knew it I knew it had um, I knew it, it looked really cute to be honest. It looked like it had a a round volleyball fuzzy head something something that you want to you know give a scruff on the head it looks really cute but <laughs> i didn't want to go near it so you could see the fact that it was hairy um but you couldn't actually make out the features on the face any of the other eyes or the mouth i reckon it had it had quite short uh not short but maybe inch long hair and i could see fuzz and the the fuzz seemed to be more erect than going downwards like like human hair, it, it seemed to have um, seemed to look you know fuzzy. Yeah. So you've got you're looking at kind of a fuzzy round head and shoulders. Did you say you noticed the shoulders? Big shoulders, yeah, big shoulders. Like would have been probably sixty centimeters apart. Big shoulders, big arms. What, you could what see were the arms doing? They were they were drooped on the ground with its legs. I couldn't see any, any hands or anything because I think he might have had it on his thighs or, or her thighs. Uh-huh. The, the other one had 
had long hair, long, I'm quite sure it was brown, a dirty brown color. I could see some light reflecting off of it, but the other one probably had uh, 15 centimeter long hair and it was all downwards. Before we move on to that big one, because I want to go into that description a little bit more too, but I'm just trying to get the whole picture for the little one. I'm wondering if you were looking right at it and you didn't notice eyes, I'm wondering did it have its eyes closed? There wouldn't have, there probably wouldn't have been anything to reflect back from its eyes. We, we are talking, we are talking scrub. There's a lot of discarded tyres and things in that area. It would be very easy to just walk right up to one of these things with the other distractions taking away your ability to notice it um, effectively. But it was, uh, it was completely black. There was, there was no. No reflection on the eyes or anything, no. Okay. Did it make any movement? No, it just sat there. It sat there. And no, cool no, as a and cucumber. no noise? Sorry, cool. it just no sat, there, sat there cool as a cucumber? <laughs> yep, sat there cool as a cucumber, but I don't want to go near it. And looking straight at you? It looks like a child. It looks really cute. Really cute. And looking in your direction? Sitting right in front of me, a couple of metres away, yep. Didn't look, didn't move its head towards perhaps the other creature? The other one was facing towards me at a 90 degree angle from this little guy. And uh, and he seemed to be maybe kneeling or squatting. And it was still five, six foot easy, kneeling and squatting. Okay. The shoulders would have been at least a metre apart. It was huge. And it's really, I'm finding it really interesting that it didn't give you any feeling of fear. I'm wondering, it sounds a bit woo-woo, but I'm wondering if it was trying to guide you away from what's potentially a little one, uh, a, a baby or a juvenile, um, and somehow interfering with you, with your mind and getting you to not, not want to go near that little one come and come towards me instead as a distraction. Oh, there's, there's possibilities, but... Oh, I don't, I'm not going to say this was a child. Who knows how old it is? It could be 100 years old. Could be. It, it, could, be, it could be fully developed. could be an adult. could be as old as a big one. Oh, I couldn't tell you. But the feeling you got from it was that it was smaller and that it was cute. And, and yeah. yeah, yeah, it was adorable. No, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't make out features, but it was a little, little fuzzy guy, you know. <laughs> Standing up, it might have been uh, five, six foot, but sitting down, just, it looks like it did. Okay, and so then you, you, you turn away 90 degrees and then you notice that there's a much bigger one there. Yeah, I got a metre in before I realised there was a bigger one, but, but I just kept walking. You kept and, walking? Uh, it didn't make you stop in your tracks and go, what the hell is that? Something, that? something that you learn around big animals is the worst thing you can do is panic and you just have to accept that. What is, is, and if you can rectify the danger that's around you, then you're in a much better position than if you uh, make any kind of uncouth reactional movement. You can you can upset things. And, and well, I've been trampled by racehorses, and like I've never had a bad injury because I've, I've been able to to tune in with the horses. So you've you've started walking in the opposite direction from the little one, and then. About a meter in, you notice this this giant creature. What That's was the? Right. Did you see? Were you able to make out anything? Any of the facial features? 
I could see some because uh, this one was a lot lighter. It was, oh, I think it was a brown colour and, and I could see some moonlight reflecting off and, and I think it had had a, probably a huge overbite like an ape mm-hmm. and, uh, and probably a longer head and I don't think it was pointed. I think it was a little bit squared off at the crown. And did you were you able to make out the eyes? Well, the eyes are, are one of the hardest things to see in the night because the shadows kind of all point towards where the eyes should be, but you don't actually see the eyes. The eyes are always shadowed Yeah. with most creatures ex- except for a rabbit, which have um, enormous bulbs protruding their head. With a creature that's potentially got deeply set eyes and a, and a heavy brow ridge, then the shadow cast by that is quite that's, significant. That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And you said that the hair... The hair was quite long, same length from like head, head to toe. Well, it was kneeling, but um, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. reckon about fifteen centimeters. With any creature, you you kind of you look at the eyes. It's just what you're programmed to do as a as a living, walking being. Yeah, you, you just you look at the eyes, and same with if you if you're a drawer. If you're an artist, the first thing that they teach you is to not start drawing uh, from the eyes. It's just the just the natural way to to observe. All right, so it's you, you look at the eyes. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. How far away from the little creature was it? I'd say seven meters, because I walked I walked up to this thing. It was a couple of meters away. Two two three steps, I would have walked into it. I turned around and I remember it was about probably five, five or so steps, and uh, and I walked into it and it dissipated. And was it looking directly at you? Yeah, it was comfortably resting or, or kneeling or sitting. So kne- kneeling directly... up or sitting down on kneeling but sitting on its on its um, heels. It, it, it could have had it could have had one one knee up, but it's it did seem to have its arms not drooping down to the ground like the little one it had them um, bent so I think it might have been kneeling and, and had its arms resting on its thighs uh-huh. you walk towards it a meter and you kept walking and it it faded out in front of your eyes yeah yeah it, uh, this this sounds bizarre yeah no exactly and you're not the first person to say it so uh, it's something that we do come across so that's why I'm, I'm actually really interested in in what happened there and what you what you observed yeah it had, it had complete control of not not it's just not its physical body but, but its spiritual body and and I wouldn't doubt that this thing could probably walk through a wall after seeing that I think it I think these things have uncanny abilities that we can't even fathom but in the flesh it can pound a sea container and it can use its hands it can make tools it can it can do everything that a man can do but they're they're not all man they're a little bit a little bit of a cryptid a little bit of a myth so you turn around you see that the big one? Did you keep, you kept moving towards it because you said you felt like you were almost compelled to move towards it away from the other one? 
Is well, that an accurate description of how that played out? My mind's nearly turned off. I, I just um, I was moving towards it and I, I didn't feel threatened by it. The other one startled me a little bit, so that could have been why I was very hesitant to go in that direction, but I, I knew ultimately I had to go to the car and get okay. out of there. Yeah. And so when this, when this, the big one, as you're yeah. approaching, it starts to fade out. Did it, did it start like from the top down or did it, was it a kind of a uniform fade out? I reckon it was a little bit more right shoulder to left shoulder. I don't, it didn't, it didn't just like disappear like you snap your fingers and it's gone. It was, um, and it was a very natural kind of fading out. Like it, it's something you can imagine it could do and you wouldn't even notice it. If you didn't know it was there, you wouldn't notice it. It was very smooth. Like smoke, a little bit like smoke. When it faded out, did you actually walk up to the spot where it was? I walked nearly straight through it. Right, right. And you didn't feel anything when you did? Oh, look, oh, my adrenaline was amped. I was just, I just mindlessly, I just walked through it. And did you, did you turn around to look at the smaller one at all or you just kept walking? It, it's one of those things where you, you actually protect yourself by thinking, um, I didn't see that, it doesn't exist, I'm um, just going to keep carrying on about my day. Yeah. Have you tried to sketch those two beings? I'd love to see... Or, or found something online that looks similar? The little one wouldn't be hard to draw because it looks like one of those uh, fuzzy baby gorilla teddies that you buy at the zoo shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the big one was, I don't want to sound ridiculous, but it, it looks just like the, uh, the Bigfoot from the old TV series. Oh, the Harry and the Hendersons. Is that the one? That's the one. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's not, that's not ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, and it didn't make any noise or smell at that stage. They only make noises when they want your attention. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it, you were almost in a bit of a daze. It's not a daze. It's it's adrenaline where you know you know um, plan A when that fails, you go on automatic because you don't have a plan B. So so you do what you do the most uh, simple. Uh, you do the most simple thing that, that you would do instinctively because yeah. you already know you're in danger. If you've ever nearly been in a, in a car accident or, or something or, uh, or had trouble going fast on a road, you know that you actually you just calm yourself down, you slow down and you ride it out. You were, you were going to then explain something after that just before. Yeah. So, so you've... Yep, so, so a lot of smells, a lot of smells. There was one that I said, see, I've got an air conditioner unit that um, comes straight from the paddock into my bedroom and just sucks. It's a swampy, it just sucks air and goes straight into the bedroom. And So the first one, I got the greasy hair smell. And for ages, I thought it was a neighbour's goats, but it's not. It's, um, it's, it's so pungent and it just saturates the environment, the smell. That one smelled uh, just like a... Unwashed but healthy, very healthy uh, person animal. It's, it had quite a greasy human smell to it, somebody who doesn't wash. 
then there was another smell that came through, just smelled like raw sewage and dead meat, and that was hanging around for a few days. Right, for a few days. Do you notice it when you're inside the house or outside? Both. It's everywhere. Right. <laughs> so, um, do you ha- do you live with anyone? Does anybody else notice the smell, or is it just you on your own? People here, they're not they're not ignorant. People believe in these things. They know about them. We just don't talk about it. And and it's one of those things where like. You, you talk about it and people will shun you very quickly and you you might even get aggressed, but suddenly somebody's TV explodes and the other bloke says, oh, it sounds like your house is haunted. So when the occasion arises, then people acknowledge it, but um, it's not a topic we talk about. Yeah, okay. So they might have noticed a smell but haven't commented on it or um, or just dismissed it. Yeah, we don't dwell on anything here. Things happen. Things happen and we just walk right past it, basically. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, it must be a bit of a burden for you then, you know, carrying carrying these experiences around and not, not being able to uh, share them with anyone or, or, you know, go over them with anyone. Oh, only the traumatic ones, but, but everybody's got to dive into the deep end and it takes, it takes its toll on you, but if you get over the trauma... You can allow these things to happen in your life and um, you're not affected by it. Mm-hmm. it. If anything, it's a teacher. You can, you, can learn, you can learn about the bush and you realise the bush loves you. You can, you can communicate with whatever you want to communicate with. The, the, uh, the birds tell you things. The birds tell you where there's water. They tell you when to leave. I mean, even the ants, the ants bite you and they, they're injecting you with phytoacids phytoacids are an anti-necrotic. Uh, they dissolve necrotic tissue, so they keep you alive. And um, you, people have to really dissolve their attitude of uh, the fear of the bush and and just just walk with, just walk in the light, walk in the light and um, just bring love when you walk and, and you'll get love back. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice thought. So how do you feel when you're out? You're still going out hunting at night. How, how are you feeling when you're out there by yourself now? Oh, I don't I don't hunt as a, as a schedule. I, I hunt when I think, oh, well, um, my dog food's going to waste. He needs some, some meat and bones, so I go look for a rabbit. Um, and, and I'm fine. Uh, you always get a warning. You know, the bush isn't out there to, to come in and, and eat you and... and you're not just going to disappear. You always get a warning. You ignore that warning. You probably get another warning. You be disrespectful, then then things can get pear shaped. Was there anything else that you might not have mentioned that you wanted to add? I'm, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. I'm, I'm so interesting. I, I believe you. Uh, what and what an Thank incredible you. yeah I do. And I'm fascinated by what you've seen, um, particularly the. Well, all of it, but particularly that strange creature and also the, the fade-out because it's we, we do hear it from some people and I'm fascinated as to what's going on there, how they manage to do that, whether it's got, got to do with raising your electromagnetic vibration, whether it's stepping into an, a, a, through a portal into another dimension. I've, how sometimes I think they're just into – sometimes I think they're there and they're just manipulating your perception. Yeah. But they're really there. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's what I 
I'll get the vibe of that. I think they're able to mind control you if they want, but they're not jerks. You, you meet one that's a jerk, but he's probably going to want to be left alone. And when I was in Borrelulara, I was um, staying on Aboriginal land, and I, I, uh, I was just squatting there. There were, I uh, found a tree trunk, and I used to I used to have a swag ready on the roof so of the car so I could jump on the on swag if a buffalo comes, dog could come go underneath. But I was in a hammock and I heard this scream that came from a mountain that's uh, the same size and shape as one of the glasshouse mountains, uh, one kilometre away from me. Mm-hmm. And this scream, it was uh, similar to Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park, but it had a very human malice to it. And it just, the hairs stood up on my neck, but I was I was in the, uh, the hammock bit, but I just, I felt, sedated by it I was that that fearful I thought if I just stay still nothing's going to happen and they're everywhere as as people say they are everywhere yeah absolutely I forgot one thing um so I got a loophole to LTO tracker HD2 thermal optic and um between the week of uh it was after the 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 Yowie pummeled the container I was uh looking out about 110 metres away off the patio and, and when I go outside I have a ciggy or whatever I, I have a look around to see if there's any rabbits with my thermal optic and I saw them both the big one was about uh, they're glowing bright orange this is a really good optic he was glowing um, sorry he was about 5 foot off the ground and the other one was about uh, 3 to 4 foot off the ground they seemed to both be sitting cross legged and they were behind a there's a line of steel bathtubs and scrap metal I looked at him for about half an hour, and all that was going through my head is that I'm, I'm, um, I'm just uh, losing my my judgment of of what I'm actually seeing, and, I, and I'm not actually seeing it. But uh, the next day, I realised no, they they definitely were the owies that had the orange silhouettes in my loophole, and they were sitting uh, about 20 centimetres apart. The little one was on the left, and the big one was on the right. They were both sitting. They were both sitting down behind a steel bathtub, and they were just looking at me. They didn't move. I was uh, looking through my thermal optic. Same same area as the when you saw the other two, or a different spot. This is this is on on my property. On your property, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, just it was it was a couple of days after the uh, the hour we pummeled the container. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. And so that were they the the two that you saw through that? Did you get the feeling that they were the same two as that you that you saw the last time, or or perhaps different beings? They were definitely the same two. They were okay. the same two, and they were the same ones that made the teepees. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm not sure if they followed me because I put an arrow in the in the sign, or um, or if they followed me because they were intrigued by me. I don't know why they followed me, but they followed me. They hung around. Uh, for probably about a month, I didn't have any other sightings of them, but I, I could always smell them. And there were three smells: there was uh, a greasy smell, there was a raw sewage dead meat smell, and there was another greasy smell, not as pungent. And so, and you haven't seen them lately, because that was about you said back in June, didn't you? June was the uh, the cat. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. No, November 2020 was the with the Yowies. Yeah, well, like I'm not I'm not very good 
with my calendar that I know by the moons. Yep. And then so uh, November, it was a full moon. Yep. Yep. Cool. So, you, so now it's kind of it's almost a year later. You, you have you seen those two since that time? Well, in that area, if you go for far enough, there's a lot of snaps branches, and, and I know uh, the telltale signs of the alley straight away. Uh, I've never seen any scat or footprints, but I've definitely seen a uh, good 15 centimetre trees just snapped in half. And there, these are places where, if it's scrubby enough, they'll go there. I don't think a water source is even relevant, but if uh, if it's scrubby enough then they, they can blend in and they like it. Yeah, well, you stay safe out there, mate. Uh, let me know. Thank if you, you. Let me know if you see them again. I'd love to hear about them if you see them again. Oh, yeah, it's, oh, I'd love to see them again. <laughs> Fingers crossed then. <laughs> what did you think of that, people? Wasn't that fascinating? Interestingly, I was listening to a recent Sasquatch Chronicles episode and Wes's witness mentions a bipedal creature with a cat-shaped head too. Uh, If you want to check that out, it was Sasquatch Chronicles episode 827 at around the 30-31 minute mark. Wes mentioned in that episode that he's had about six reports from the Four Corners area in the US of a being with a cat-shaped head. Now, the descriptions of these beings are really similar to today's report from the Northern Territory. Very tall, slender build, like seemingly quite skinny, very agile, very fast, with the head of a lion or a cat of some kind. Very strange. Wes also mentioned in that episode uh, that he's getting more and more reports of strange entities and cryptids other than your usual Bigfoot Sasquatch report. And he was wondering why, and I thought that's a good question. I'm wondering why too. Is it because people are paying more attention to strange creatures? Uh, Is the veil between dimensions thinner and therefore we're able to see beings that were already there but we weren't able to see them in the past but we can now? Is there something going on between the ascension of the planet from 3D to 5D and that's why we're seeing these strange cryptids now? Or is it just that the internet is making it easier for people to come forward? There's more people reporting, so people get a little bit braver and feel that they can come forward and report what they saw, whereas before they might have been too afraid of of ridicule. People are also able to do some research on the internet and find similar reports to the strange thing that they saw. So maybe this makes them feel less alone, less crazy and more inclined to share what they saw. What do you think? Let me know. Please send me an email if you've got any ideas what's going on out there. Where are these beings coming from? Are they here all the time or are we only just able to see them now? Lots of questions. I got no answers. I hope somebody has some out there.
Remember, if you've seen a Yowie or any other weird creature out there, or you've had an unusual experience with ghosts or UFOs or anything strange, kooky or spooky, I would love to hear your story and I'm sure the listeners would too. So get in touch with me via yaoicentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Well, that's it for this week, folks. Yowie Central will be back next Wednesday. So you stay safe out there and I'll catch you next week. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.